nothing's better than family We're the ones who love you so Be a shoulder to cry on when you're in need They'll never leave you alone, no When your friends bring you down And they drag you through the dirt And when nobody's around They'll carry you through the hurt Just remember that family comes Creamy plus for you 
Plus is a delightfully delicious option whenever and wherever the occasion calls for milk. For your quick meals on the go or quality time at the dining table, jazz up your favorite Gary Soakings, Mash Kinky, cereals, and all hot and cold beverages with a creamy, protein-rich, healthy option of milk. Creamy Plus evaporated milk with vegetable fat is all you need to stay on the go. Creamy Plus evaporated milk is now available in a shop near you. Plus evaporated milk. This message has been vetted and approved by the FDA. Sam Kwade Diagra. What do you want Saki Kanya Mabibri? Nansu, Menya Kwan Fufra, Ebe Kwetia Samwa Mwe Wan, Enye Dinkra, Enwane Se, Abribia Mema Wadi Deto Semina, Eninsu Ahuho Wan Samu, Ebo Wan Humbain Fri Nyarewaha, Sa James in Mwe Deba, Enti Yanfa Hukwanya Nkwade Ibe Faswe Diagro, Mewo Jitia Wadeto Semina Muse, Ebe Po Mini Mebusi Ahumbain, Efri Mwa Mwe Wan, Wash, wash, wash your hands. FDA, I should say, I'm ready Send and wait in a woman's society, a Mr. Okumu doctor. FDI, she shall say, you didn't cry to him. What do you have to say? 97.3. More variety. As I did not hear from you in four months, I knew you had found someone to love. My phone rang last night. It was you, wanting to know if I had a good day. As if you asked me in four months. I knew it. Another idiot had popped your heart. Like a kid delights in popping bubble wraps. And some adults, to be honest. When they take you to the moon, you don't remember me. When they drop you from that height, and you break into 911 parts, I become useful again. I am the comforter, worthy as a friend and of your trust, but unworthy of your love. The Comforter by Tolu Akinyemi. A lot of marriages today operate in a what's in it for me basis. When it benefits you, you are the wife or the husband that you promised him or her to be. When it doesn't, you are an unrecognizable spouse he or she said yes to. You are married, yet want to have everything your way and do everything the way you want to. Why, we ask. Ladies and gentlemen, moms and dads, good morning. 
Thank you ever so much for tuning in to Farm Life on City 97.3 FM, your weekly family program to uplift consciousness. My name is Letitia Ohinefa. I am the co-founder of Leader Freak International. You're welcome to Farm Life, where family really truly do come first. This morning, I'll be sharing the studio with Mr. Michael Mensah, a flourishing families facilitator and convergence connectedness campaigner, Mr. Amos Kevin Annan, a healthy homes advocate, convener of creative couples conclave, singles in 3D and mobilizing men, and Dr. Emmanuel Hobson, a counseling psychologist and alternative dispute resolution expert, also the founder and CEO of Center for Peace and Reconciliation, and an ADR lecturer at the University of Ghana Law School. And of course, you and you and you and you. Today, we're going to help a few people who are in marriages yet living as though they aren't to find solutions to their challenges. Here's one such message that we got just last week. Good morning. My name is Abigail from Pram Pram. I'm married and my husband thinks for the marriage to work, it depends on me. So that's number one. Married husband thinks, so expectation for the marriage to work, it depends on me. He doesn't involve me in his decisions, but his parents. That's the third one. So they don't make decisions together. If he needs um, anyone to consult, he consults his parents. He has password to his phone and makes calls as late as 10 p.m. with ladies in my presence. Physically, I'm married, but emotionally and spiritually, I'm out of the marriage. I'm just waiting for the right time to exit. I perform my duties aside having sex. It's been almost a year and no sex. I've made attempts and he has pushed me away. Hence, I'm in my own corner, my one corner. When it's liabilities, he uses my name as his witness. But when it's an it's asset, he uses his families. I'm just watching from a distance. He won't even talk about issues. When I ask, he will not talk. I can't even type anything, everything. I can't even type everything. Mine is emotional abuse. Nobody believes me when I open up a little because of his demeanor. Hence, I'm silent and watching. I feel I have failed myself. What's your own advice to her, to Abigail? There are so many people going through such trauma. How do we enable them to come into themselves and hopefully still enjoy their marriages? Remember, this is an interactive program. We would love to hear from you, share your advice and experiences by sending a message to WhatsApp number 0549-986-996. The number again is 0549-986-996. You may also tweet at me at Tishohinefa or Amos at Amos Anan. We'll be waiting to share your responses with the rest of the world. Do join the conversation. Before we get into this conversation, we have a song for you this morning, and it is by one Tori Kelly, and it simply says, a song to no one, dear no one. So do take a listen while you call a friend to call a friend to call a friend. Listen to the lyrics. It's very uplifting, and we will be right back to get into the conversation. See you in a bit.
like being independent Not so much of an investment No one to tell me what to do I like being by myself Don't gotta entertain anybody else No one to answer to But sometimes I just want somebody to hold Someone to give me the jacket when it's cold Got that young love even when we're old Yeah, sometimes I want someone to grab my hand Pick me up, pull me close, be my man I will love you till the end So if you're out there, I swear to be good to you But I'm still looking for my future someone Cause when the time is Tend to shut people out I like my space Yeah, yeah But I'd love to have a soulmate And God will give them to me someday And I know It'll be worth the wait oh. When it's cold Got that young love Even when we're old Yeah, sometimes I want someone to grab my hand Pick me up, pull me close Be my man I will love you till the end So if you're out there I swear Welcome back to Farm Life on City 97.3 FM. The title of the song is Dear No One by Tori Kelly. In essence, all it's saying is that um, some of the lyrics says, I like being independent, not so much as an investment. No one to tell me what to do. I like being my, by myself. Don't have to entertain anybody else. No one to answer to. But sometimes, but sometimes, I just want somebody to hold someone to give me the jacket when it's cold got that young love even when we're old yeah sometimes i want someone to grab my hand pick me up pull me close be my man i will love you till the end so if you're out there i swear be good to you but i'm not going to look for you for my future someone because when the time is right you'll be here but for now dear no one this is your love song. I don't really like big crowds. I tend to shut people out. So essentially, in summary, the reason we play this for you is that 
we all go through the emotions of um, these ups and downs and the pendulums of I love and I don't love. And all she's saying is that we must recognize the times and the seasons in these periods of relationships. So for now, that she doesn't have anyone, she will learn to be independent and love herself and ask that the other person does the same until when the time is right, they come into each other's space and then they can love till forever. So now we're going to talk about Abigail and provide her with some answers. Remember, her question says she's married. Um, her husband basically doesn't involve her in anything. Um, they haven't had sex in a year, one whole year. Um, he speaks to people all the way till about 10 p.m. When there's it's liabilities, he'll put her name. When it's um, an asset, he puts his parents' name. She feels that she has failed herself. Good morning. Morning, Tish. What's the name? Oh, you good. Um wonderful wonderful so there's a lot going on in this message mm. so we decided i think we got it last week and we had similar about two other similar messages just yeah. last week and before then we've had a few calls in regarding such issues it's not only the woman um the men doing it to the woman they're also women who are married who just decides that they want to be single and independent as the lady said <laughs> but you're already in marriage you're and you when you're in marriage you don't behave like that to become one so there's a difference so we're not just saying that it's only the men who do it to the woman it goes vice versa but this is a story that we're working with and, but the, and the principles are the same so we're going to look at a few of the issues going on here first they're married it looks like um the umbilical cord and i think we maybe we may want to start from there mm -hmm. has not been cut yet because for what i know it says that the man will leave and cleave yeah. So if the man is supposed to leave and cleave and he's still going back to his parents for everything, that's a bit of a challenge there. Yeah, I mean, thank you very much. I think that there is the need for the couple to sit back and ask themselves, why are we here? What mm. are we about? Because that's very critical. Until they've been able to give an answer to this question, they would find themselves in the space where they are. It's almost like a rat hole mm. in which they find themselves. So there's a need for them to ask themselves those two critical questions. Now, that aside, something would have motivated them to get into the marriage. Mm -hmm. So what actually brought us together? What was the driving force? What was the motivation? What inspired us to come together to live as husband and wife. Now, this person you chose, was he or she an enemy or was a lover? <laughs> Did you bring them into your life as a stranger or as an integral part of your whole life's existence and decision-making processes? You know, what, what critical role are they to play in your life? What special thing do they add qualitatively to your life? Now, these are very important questions. And individuals who don't feel or consider you as an essential part of the existence in the space then feel that you are redundant mm. Mm. and therefore an option 
in the face of many, many alternatives or many possible prospects. So there's a need for, first and foremost, Abigail not to feel that she has failed. It, this has nothing to do with failing. It has to do with processes that are not going as it should. And therefore, we've got to look at what lubricants do we need to allow us to smoothly connect and relate with each other as husband and wife. If you get the right lubrication, you should be able to move smoothly. Now there are a bit of some rough edges to be smoothened. And one of it is that she sees her husband as having not left father and mother yet. Now, if you haven't left, then how are you going to cleave, as it were? Because your inability to leave, which is different from abandoning, anyway, let me add that. Because sometimes people's construction of leave means abandon. Mm, and mm. and they, are, they dread abandoning father and mother, which is to be understood. Because they are your primary caregivers, uh, your source of life from... Um, wherever you were before you came into this world. And therefore, there is a need for uh, that to be established. It's not about abandoning them. It's about leaving, detaching. Detaching and yet still staying connected. But then it's a loose connection. It's a loose connection. Not loose in the sense that it doesn't matter. It matters to you. But it is highly regulated and has boundaries so that you do not lose the fact that you are now going to form a new satellite, mm. as it were. You know, when you, you look at the galaxy, some of them will move out of the orbit and form a new satellite mm -hmm. of their own. This is the kind of thing I want this gentleman to, to picture. You left your dad and mom, and you are forming a new satellite of your family and it begins with you as a couple then when you have your children in their case they have the children there how are you then going to be able to provide care nourishment nurturing and support for the children to also become stable persons who will contribute ultimately to society's well-being so there's a lot to be done there and the detaching is cru crucial bit for it to happen and it's all about what they understand wisdom understanding knowledge and what which one was that doc <laughs> uh, yeah. you talk about wisdom understanding knowledge and what yeah, that's it those those mm -hmm. three so three legs two you need that the the when you look at the message the the man talks about expectation or the woman who yeah. sends us the, the message talks mm. about an expectation she says that the man expects or says that her husband thinks for marriage to work it depends on the woman yeah okay nevertheless they're not they're not um it depends on her what does that mean well probably he's thinking I think I hear few people say that mm, that for marriage to work it depends, it depends on, on the woman. <laughs> so it is more like an adage that people have subscribed to without even trying to see into the real meaning mm. of it. So I think that was where the man is coming from. Mm. However, 
we are not sure how they have started. Mm -hmm. So is it along the way that all these things start happening? Or there has been the red flags right from the beginning, but it's only that they have not taken them into consideration. Or maybe they think, when we get into it, everything will be okay, which has been most of the, most of the time the danger people put themselves in. I always tell people that even in the church, when you are carrying a rotten-footed man to the altar, no miracle happens on the altar. Mm -hmm. You are taking a rotten-footed man home. When you take an anger-prone person to the altar, miracle of anger treatment or dealing with it does not just happen on the altar after saying your vows. You are taking him or her home. I always also say that whatever God expects us to do by obedience, he will not do by miracle. That's deep. Say that again. What God wants us to do by obedience, he will not do by miracle. So most of the time, in choosing partners, and in these relationship issues, it is very critical that one should not get into it unadvisedly. Yeah. Especially when we are living in a timing when there are so much happening, life becomes so complicated. So to me, we need to understand the genesis and how they have cruised through the process till now. That will give us an idea to better advise when we can point at where the challenges really started from. Then we can also know the contributive factors, which one comes from the man, which one is coming from the woman, that has driven the relationship to this state that we will say it is barely becoming dysfunctional, mm. where... Um, retaliation and other things are setting in to rob them from the peace they have. Uh, there are a few things that I want us all to look at when we are in a relationship and want to evaluate the relationship to see how healthy the, evaluation, the relationship is, at what stage we are now, what is the level of the community pain we are bearing? And how can we identify these things through the various little, little things that we do to each other or for each other? The first thing that is needed to be evaluated is the level of affection. How is your level of affection? Is it becoming a problem enough that can cause a break? Is it becoming something that, well, is a problem, but not much? Or is not a problem at all? You need to evaluate affection in that matter. So the couple's affection towards Aff one another. Affection right? towards one another. How is, for instance, how is the man seeing it? And how is the woman also seeing it? 
Then sexual fulfillment. Is it becoming a problem much enough that unless it is worked on, can cause a break? In their case, one year without sex. Certainly. So that evaluation, if they should do it right now, I think maybe the woman would take it to be a problem which, if not resolved, can bring a break. But possibly the man would have evaluated it to be not a problem at all. Depen he pushes her away, according to her story. Uh -huh. He pushes her away when she tried. Okay. So she decided not to try. Exactly so. In her one corner. So such evaluation will help. Then what about recreational companionship? How are you connected to each other? What are some of the things you do when you want you feel bored? What are the things that spice the relationship up? Then you can also evaluate your honesty and openness level. Is honesty and openness becoming a problem now? How much of a problem does that become? Is it something that is making you drift apart and cannot even connect? And in their case, she's the man is talking to woman in her presence. That's right. Past 10 p.m. Uh -huh. at night. Then the next thing they have to look at is physical attractiveness. Most of the time, we get sharp, nice looking when we are about winning the love of one another. We create all kinds of impression, how much we want to look like to attract the other. But after the marriage, most of the time, it is more like I've gotten what I want. So it's not much about what I am now going to do to impress the person. No, many marriages get to the verge where it goes stale, not because of any other psycho-emotional issues, but it is also having to do with the physical attractiveness. But unfortunately, because of body shame issues, and how others will take it. Sometimes it's very difficult to want to know how to address it. The, for instance, if your husband doesn't brush her teeth and the mouth is smelly, it's very difficult to want to just confront him and say, oh, come on, your mouth is smelly. Or it sometimes is, or you have a body odor. It is very difficult sometimes to want to address it and how to address it. Uh, how you handle your undies, your underwears, your dresses, your hairstyle, how you look. It, it, it sometimes is something that is difficult for couple to discuss it and even to talk about it. So that as well can be evaluated. How that is affecting the relationship? Is it getting so severe that the other doesn't care and is getting the other one very uncomfortable? Is it something that can lead to a break or is it something that they don't care about? Then financial support. Financial support. <laughs> Sometimes you want to say that, oh, when the person loves me and I also love the person, it's not a big deal. We can make do even when, but it is not always true. <laughs> it depends on your interpretation of what love is. Exactly. And relationship 
is costly. Relationship is expensive. It is not only expensive psycho-emotionally, but it's as well expensive when it comes to finances. Reason why marriage, I think, is not for children. It's for people that are matured, and one of the prerequisites is the individual should be working and be responsible and be able to take care of a home. Then you are ready to get there. Then what about the social the social and domestic support? In these situations, the woman is saying that he does all the house chores, he performs all the duties. However, in return, he's not appreciated in any way. If the relationship is beginning to go stale, some of these supports may not even come. And unfortunately, in this our patriarchal system, it is not very common to see men who want to be there to work together with their wives, to, to do some house chores together, especially even if some of these house chores need some kind of masculine effort to work through. They still are waiting for the woman to do it. There are some women that are very industrious. They can fix the bulb, they can fix the whatever, the door lock or whatever. But unfortunately, when you look at it critically, you realize such women just end up marrying men who can't do virtually <laughs> nothing in the house. Even if the bulb is not where they expect the woman to come and we'll be seeing the woman put one chair down, put another down, and they are looking for somebody to just hold the chairs for them to be able to fix the bulb. Even that is being explained as the responsibility of a woman. Sometimes, many men also will do help in such things, but we should understand that when it comes to social and domestic support, we need to work through together. And then cultural sentiment, a big issue. Cultural sentiment. There are some people who are very culturally, uh, uh, what do I say, <laughs> have cultural sentiment so intrinsic to such an extent that they don't want to look at things from any balanced point of view. This is what my great-grandfather did. This is what my grandfather did. And this is how my father and my mother also lived. So it is very difficult to even wanting to advise them because they have built tradition out of it to the point that they it's become their second nature they are thinking their values and anything that is done in order to touch on these things is met with some kind of defense what about family commitments sometimes it's very difficult to commit to the family you see the man can do things for people on the outside, the woman will want to do things for people to the extended families and all that. But when it comes to the family itself and the attention they need from one another, it's a bit difficult to give it to one another. So the other feels so robbed by the attention the other is giving to the extended ones and not to them. Admiration can be one thing which also needed to be looked at critically admiration. So this is what will spice the relationship up. But many people don't take much of that into consideration. What is my admiration of my other? Not at all. Then disrespectful judgments. How we condemn one another. 
how we look at each other and don't want to even give the benefit of the doubt, when you begin to see these signs and evaluate it to be a sign that can cause a break, then certainly you need to understand that the other is beginning to catch their own niche within the relationship and begin to build some kind of boundaries around themselves because of the judgment they are passing on through their mind, which may not be visible, though, towards the other. Then one of the critical ones that we all need to look at to evaluate your relationship is anger outburst. Anger outburst. When you are beginning to see these signs, know that certainly behind it are some level of inability to control one's emotion. And it's a sign of immaturity. Maturity is expressed and shown when the individual can control their emotion in one way or the other. Dishonesty. Then we can look at annoying habits. Annoying habits. Personalities can differ. However, some of them can become so annoying. That also needs to be evaluated. Then what we are dealing with this morning, which is living in the marriage and want to still live as a single, which is to evaluate your independent behaviors. You are living together and one want to live as if the whole world belongs to him or her. Some can be because the, the person develop a coping mechanism that has become maladaptive. That is where you can see some of these independent living in marriage. Because there is something that is telling the person that, well, I've tried my best, but this is not working. I have contributed as much as I can, but this is not being considered. So what do I have more to do? It is just to live in my own corner, just like the, the lady has said. So it begins to build up a personal um, safety and comfort within the relationship with or without the person I have to live comfortably. It is a healthy shock absorber in a relationship until the right thing is beginning to be done. However, it can also be a drift apart kind of attitude and approach. Then finally, faith and religious commitment is also very key. How is their values influencing the relationship? Are they believers? Are they people who have any cultural values that inform their decision as to how to work on the relationship and not how to work on it? So some of these things are very critical if we want to look at the relationship and where we are at a particular time so that we are not just telling ourselves that it is not working, but you should be able to tell what exactly is not working? You know, there was something that I, I thought we should speak to, which has to do with the whole myth that for marriage to work, it depends on women. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I was trying to I, I, yeah. I, I find that very problematic. Why you should think that 
for marriage to work, it either depends on only the man or only the woman. It shouldn't be. Because the two of you have entered into the marriage. And therefore, for it to sink or to float or to do anything, it is the two of you. How you process what is happening, your interpretation of the things happening, has impact on the marriage and its health. Yeah. So for the marriage to work, Abby, it's not just dependent on you. It's not also exclusively dependent on your husband. Mm -hmm. Both of you have contributory roles you play to make it work or not work. And it's important that persons who are yet to go into marriage have this posture that if this marriage is going to work, I have a role to play. I have my contributions to make. And my significant other also has their role to play. And this must come to what Michael oftentimes will talk about, convergence. Mm -hmm. We should be able to draw. The, in dealing with we the nuances. Yeah. <laughs> you should be able to draw synergy from that. And then you begin to operate on the mindset that says, we are better together rather than I am being good alone. Hmm. Because if you keep to that good alone, uh, as for me, I'm doing my part and therefore my part is sufficient. What if your party reads otherwise and they give you the feedback that your part is actually inimical to the relationship? Do you receive it with grace or you fight it off? Mm -hmm. So there's a need for that to be, to be taken out of the space uh, so that people don't buy into that whole thing that for marriage to work, you know, it is, it is the woman. I know that sometimes they say women keep home better than men, but I've seen lots of home that have been kept together by the men. I remember listening to a guy share a story where he had always thought that the mother was the one who had kept the marriage together. Only for him to hear from the mother that indeed it was actually the father who had worked hard for them to stay together and not the, the mother. So sometimes we have this whole thing. Apportioning responsibility. Yeah, and I think it's, it's, it's also largely cultural. Exactly. You see, so. the thing is that we, we are not able to distinguish between what is cultural, what is contemporary, and what is contextual. Mm. Because these three things are very important. You have picked something from culture, yes. They may be valid, they may be helpful, but there are things from cultural settings that are inimical to the contemporary setting because things have changed. Life is not the same as it was in 1525. And if you're going to take 1525 things and bring it to 2021, you're going to have crisis. Mm -hmm. So the reality is that the, the, the everyday situations have changed and that is the contemporary situation. Yeah. Now, beyond the contemporary, if you're going to blend what is cultural, which is maybe historical or traditional, and what is contemporary, now you have to look at your specific context as a couple. And this is why I'm calling for the contextual issues. It is within my context. So, Abigail, within your context with your husband, how can you make this marriage work? And it's not going to be if you do this blame game and blame shifting and of loading responsibilities to one and leaving the other. It takes both of you to make it work. Sometimes so even if you go sometimes, sometimes if you go to where they are even performing customary rights, rights in yeah. marriage and they are asking that uh, who sh they should give advice to the couple. <laughs> you hear people stand up and say, uh, 
they will talk to the woman. It is a woman that makes marriage work. It's a woman that holds the house. It is a woman. That, so everything is like it is a woman. It is a woman. It is a woman. It is a woman. Girls On that note of girls are bread, Vicky, what should we've we've set the context? Mm -hmm. So we've talked around her issues, mm -hmm. but there's too many women in that situation right now. Mm. Um, and I know we've all had people who'd call us and cry and go on and on and on about, especially the fact that the husbands are making unilateral decisions. How does she even begin to, so there are a few things I want you to tackle for Abigail and anybody who else going through this. How does she begin to get herself back? Because by the time you've gone through such a process, you're broken. And you will not be able to heal your brokenness if you're from, from where she is now. So mm. where does she even begin? How does she draw her husband in? How does she now begin to build herself even spiritually and emotionally? Because she's, she's gone in that regard. So how does she build herself back? So we talked around it, but yeah. if I'm listening, great suggestions for evaluation, context, everything. But it still doesn't give me a solution. So how mm. do we solve? How does she solve her problem? The first thing she needs to do is to acknowledge the fact that it's not just her that will make the relationship become what it ought to be. And that they are not having a meeting of minds. Because that acknowledgement is what now sets you on the course to now begin the process of healing. The second thing is that so if I'm hearing you yes. correctly, I just want to be sure that I'm hearing you correctly. So if I'm hearing you correctly, for Abigail, she has to be kind to herself and recognize, just in case she's bought into the narrative that everything depends on her, mm. then it is not all about her. No. Okay. I mean, yes. I mean, yes to your response. Yes. It's not all about her. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a mutual relationship. And as such, everybody has a part to play. The second thing is to get to understand, so it's all about acknowledgement, that they are not able to work together the way they should, as she herself has explained. And the third thing is that she needs to acknowledge that to be able to continue, because she said that she's in her one corner, so that she's detached. So for her to be able to be healed and begin to live, she must begin to rethink the whole process of the marriage and how she can go on from where she is. Now, there are two options with that, basically. The first easy option, I'm saying the first easy option, is to just say I'm going out like she's planning to do. The second more difficult option is to now see how she can survive in that union and work towards striving. So having said that now, now we'll come to the next part. So number one is that she's acknowledging her current situation mm. and changing the narrative that she's brought into. So she's mm. going to have to reframe some of the judgments yeah. she's made of herself in the relationship so mm. far. So that's number one. Mm. Number two is that you have to take a decision. Yes. Now the decision she has to make or anybody going through this process has to make is Am I going to stay in this marriage or am I going to check out? Mm. Yes. Number three. So from, from number two's posture, then now comes the third, which is 
whilst I am here, because I got married, because I want to get married, how do I heal? And then how do I go on to find a way of drawing him in? So that's the third point. And then we have to elaborate on that a bit. That now starts with, who am I? Because like you rightly said, when you go to, it's a form of abuse. If you go to this kind of abuse, if you go to the situation where your views are not valued, you go to a situation where you, it appears you're not appreciated. I'm saying it appears because we only have her side yeah. of the story. It appears you're not appreciated. Likelihood, after some time, you lose yourself. And in marriage, we lose ourselves to find it. But that process is supposed to bring healing and growth. Interestingly, everybody's journey is different. So in her case now, she needs to come to the realization that, look, the same self-talk we've been talking about, the same reframing, that this is where I find myself in. This is the kind of man I'm married to now. So I must thrive as a person. You see, there are two ways, thriving as a person and then thriving as a marriage or a couple. You know, so I must thrive. And so if she has to thrive, what must she do? What are the things that have hurt her most? What are the things that she likes doing that brings her joy and strengthens her? And then the next thing that, what are the baby steps she can take regularly, daily, or I use the word regularly because sometimes it's not an everyday thing, but it's a frequent thing. What are the steps that she can take regularly that will enhance her well-being? So for instance, she has to tell herself that, look, if he says I'm not beautiful, if he doesn't touch me, it's not because I am bad or because I, I, I mean, whatever phrases she wants to use that to help her, so that she kind of balances the issue of no intimacy for a year. There are people who may have had no intimacy for two years. Some may have had no intimacy for three years. Then you start saying, it's you. Is it because I'm not doing it well or not uh, yielding to whatever he wants? So the issue is that you must tell yourself that it is not about that. Because for someone who particularly maybe goes out, is that they are unable to keep their zip closed first. And because if they are married to you and committed to the union, you work it out. There are various areas that have to be worked out. And intimacy is one of those areas. And I'm using the word intimacy because intimacy goes just beyond the physical act. It goes through the connecting, the connection, the communication before the contact in itself. So it's key for her to tell herself these things that it's not that I'm not doing something right. And then also asking herself, what can I do to be better? And as she does that gradually, what's going to happen is that she would find herself. The other thing is she needs support. It's difficult sometimes to find the right support because sometimes you share, you know, sometimes you get so full of the issues that you mm -hmm. want to talk to somebody. And then you talk to somebody and then before you realize all oh, the stuff is out. But when she has a good companion, and in this case you recommend the person who is the same gender, if she has a sibling or somebody who, I mean, she needs to find a, a, a third party that she can exhale to. And of course, the element of prayer also helps because just praying sometimes brings strength. And uh, it's talking to God is also, God is also, though third party is also very close. And once she does that and begins the process of finding herself, then the next thing is they need to have some conversations. So at this point, you're bringing, you're drawing the man in. Yes. So now the conversations are that we cannot go on living like this. The Often, man doesn't like to talk about issues in yes. this case. So how are you drawing him in? Oftentimes, so. that is where 
you know, when you take certain actions, you must be prepared for the reactions or the responses and plan accordingly with the various scenarios. If he's still not interested in talking, you try once, twice, three times, and trying to talk means that first check your posture. Because oftentimes we see that the person may be the one putting stress and pressure on you. Sometimes some spouses do that so that you would leave or you would depart and then they would put they will blame you for leaving. You know, so it's like it's like this chemo, but they won't leave. And so she left or he left. But the things they are doing is like a, a child who was talking to their mom and then the other child in front. So this child is behind the, the other one. And then the one in front is crying. Then the parent is asking, what is happening? Then the, the, one, the one behind, so there are two children. So A and B, B is behind A. And then A is crying. And then the, the, the parent calls and says, she can't fully see both of them. He says, what is happening? Then B says, oh, nothing. Well, B is twisting the hand of A <laughs> behind, you know, put the hand behind A. So that's how it is. So B is making A cry, yet B is saying nothing is happening. So that is another posture. When it gets to that posture, you need to bring in a third party. But if on the person's own decision, one, he or she has decided not to listen, it gets to a point, you tell the person, look, I am going to bring in somebody. Because you two, you are a stakeholder in the thing. And so you must not suffer indefinitely, quietly. That also has consequences. What role can the parents, the man's parents, play in this particular scenario? It depends, on, the man yes, it depends on the kind of family. See, there are some families that are controlling. Mm -hmm. There are some families that are subtly uh, segregating now. So though you've come in, they've not accepted you. So for, inst for, for all you may care to know, they are even the source <laughs> of what is happening. They are the ones who are fueling it and telling her, you can't trust women. Uh, what is, uh, we are blood. Anything you do for her, uh, if she leaves you tomorrow. So they may be, could be poisoning him. So the next thing when it comes to the family bit is to know the kind of family she's, she's married into. If they are the kind who are helpful and open and genuine, that is a key word. Because when we talk about the in-law connections, it's the genuineness of the relationship. Some people will smile with you in front, but behind you, they are the ones who are uh, doing the beating, squeezing the, your husband so that he draws away from you. So once, if their family is a kind that is helpful, then she can draw them in to get to him. If they are not, then she must find a third party, appropriate third party. And like I keep saying, in the talking, she must make sure that she's doing it the right way. Because if she's worked up and she's frustrated, it's likely that sometimes the communication or the engagement will not be pleasant. So if the communication or the engagement is not pleasant, then what it means then is that she would, as it were, go on full throttle and get a full rebuttal from the guy. So she must make sure that the communication is appropriate in all its forms. Your, your motive should determine the method. You don't go accusing, you don't go fighting, but you go reflecting on can we, like Dr. was always using the, the cliches that are suitable and helpful, can we, this is how I see this, this is what I feel, then you have not done this, you do, then the person would, naturally become defensive and then the com communication will break down so she must in her first internal internal one make sure that she's communicating effectively and learn how to communicate effectively if that doesn't work she should seek 
let him know politely that we need help and I'm going to get it. Yeah. Some, somebody will tell you that if you get the help, I'm leaving you. Where, where you are now, he's already left ballers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so get the help. At least take one step forward in hope that that would work. Then if you leave it, you are waiting to depart. And that, that's a, a little, I'll say, at least I'm sure. Uh, the aspect of the family coming in, like, you know, like I spoke about earlier, that yes, you would have left, but you haven't abandoned them. And therefore, you must make a determination the extent to which they come into the space. And every entry into that space must be such that it is productive. Mm -hmm. It is beneficial mutually for them and yourselves. The rate at which we're getting these messages worries me because it seems to me that there's a lot of cleaving still in the with the men when it comes to their families. So they haven't necessarily left to become one or to even begin to fashion or fathom the concept of oneness with this woman and building a new family. Like we always say, it's not that you're building one family here and therefore now you're going to abandon the people who mm. created you or gave birth to you or brought you into this world and brought you wherever you are. But there's a lot of... Um, men making their own decisions in well, marriage. I think we also need to look at the kind of man in question. So, for instance, a person who is the only child, male child, mm -hmm. or only child, can struggle with leaving because largely the parents are going to be heavily dependent on them as aging ones. Now, a person who, for instance, um, is the only male amongst females who may be younger than him, i.e. a first child, can have challenges. The other thing also is this, that, you know, some families are not very much integrated. So everybody is almost like autonomous persons. And so the, their level of dependence on each other is not as heavy as others who are autonomous would be. Because if you are autonomous individuals and don't really get into each other's space, the level of dependency will be low. But where it is the other way around, you notice that they are almost into each other's space and each other's activity. And it can be quite overwhelming. And this is why it's necessary for the person who has gone into marriage to be mindful of that and make a determination the extent to which they can come into your space. So how does the man begin to create boundaries? Because I think we need to also speak to the men yes. because we hear too many of this now. So now I think we've got to give some practical ways yeah. of doing that. But before we go to that fully, the final one I want us to talk about before we move into the men's space is the energy transfer to the children. Um, and we can do that before we take a break. So because if there are children involved, there is some energy, there's something that is being passed on to these people and they don't even have the vocabulary to interpret it yet. So what do you do, Doc? What do, how the first do they thing, manage that or even begin to support the children? Yes, the first thing is couples should understand that the greatest gift they can give to the children is when the children can jump in between parents 
see parents laughing at each other, running after each other, joking, playing, jumping here and there. That is the greatest gift they can give to their children. However, circumstances and situation may also make it impossible in one way or the other. But then understanding of knowing the effect on the children is key to start with. How do we know this impact the children? We need to understand that the age categories of the children also matters when we are thinking about the impact on them. From, from one to six, where we have no idea that these children within this age bracket see things, they hear things, they can process things. The only difference is that they don't have the right language to explain it. So what they do is that just as you look at um, a deaf and dumb person, because they cannot speak, they cannot hear, their other instincts are sharper. That is how children works with children at such ages. Because they cannot express their language, their internal processing mechanism is sharper. And it is so confusing to them because when it is not well formulated and they want to make meaning out of it, that is where they get frustrated. And once they get frustrated, it begins to work on their growth process and how they become integrated into the system of growing in a balanced perspective to become better adults. So what happens is that it kills the real self of them and begin to throw them in different tangents of coping mechanisms that certainly will be maladaptive. Why? Because they don't get the meaning. They don't get the reason. Yet they want to develop a coping mechanism. So on what basis are they developing their coping mechanism? Do we even know what is going through them? Are they even trying to express it that, that we cannot even see? That is another thing. And then second thing that we need to also be very careful about is that children are likely to see themselves as being the reason. Blame. Why they certain, blame yes, they blame saying. themselves for some of the things that happens. And it is a subtle question that goes through their mind. But just, yes, because they cannot express it that openly, it is something that works out in them. Sometimes you see the children just come and stand by their dad and just looking at him without saying anything. Some of them will just sit and look at their mom without saying anything. I tell you, the bunch of things that are going through them when they do that, you have no idea. So this influence on children is very, very much. And unfortunately, once they pass through certain thresholds, it becomes very difficult to reverse these effects. And unfortunately, that is what most of us don't understand. 
So we think that, oh, they are young. Oh, they are not understanding anything. They don't know anything. By the time we are trying to see what anything they and know. everything they know, <laughs> we start jumping now, I holding kiss. stick. Ayeka. Mercy. Yes, because at that time, you are pulling every string. But it is just not moving because they have formed their mindset, they have formed their decisions, and they have built tradition out of it. And they have already taken their life path with or without you. So you have already relegated your responsibility of choice making into their little selves. So they just take it and then they run with it. This is the reason why children at a certain age have confusion, have a confusion that is a bit difficult for even the adult to want to handle. Because but there are so many adults like that today. Because Don't. where to take it from mm. becomes the problem. So you can hear them. I can't understand them anymore. I can't understand them anymore. Yes, when to understand it and deal with it has been left. So they have, you have both walked past that stage long time ago. So having to come back to want to deal with it, we don't grow any younger. We rather grow older. You say Ayeka. <laughs> on that note, <laughs> take a break. And when we return, because this is a very important part of the equation, and I think when we come to talk about how the men can begin to um, live healthy and then also have the family support that process, mm -hmm. we will look also at how do we go back and reparent ourselves. That's because right. a lot of us are manifesting these behaviors based on things that happened to us before we were seven. So we will also look at that if we have some time so that we can support too many. So we can begin to support these, um, all of us actually to live better because what happens on our streets, um, when I came in, um, Philip was telling me we should talk about something. I'm like, okay, I keep telling all of us that the mental crisis mm. challenges that we're sitting on is crazy. Yeah, but why not? You know, we need to also support ourselves to realize that sometimes it really is no fault of ours. We, we come into it, like Doc just said, and then we realize that even if we're coming into some level of awareness, we don't even know how to begin to unravel all these issues and to deal with it. So we'll see how, how we can support you. If your, if your questions or comments and suggestions haven't come in yet, kindly send them to 0549-986-996. 0549-986-996. You may give us a call when we open the phone lines on 0302 0302-226-013, Please do stay tuned. We will be right back. City 97.3 Accra 
My Daisy copies everything I do. I do everything my mommy does. She copies the way I dress up. I dress like her. She copies the way I work. I do my homework like her. She even copies the way I talk. Hey Daisy. <laughs> That's why I know that to give her a better life, I must do better myself. So when I'm drinking my better malt, she always makes sure she has hers in hand as well. Mummy's happy and Daisy's happy too. Better malt. Be better every day. This advert is FDA approved. Sen kwade diagra. What you want sake kan yema bibre. Nanso me nya kwan fofra e be kwetia samo mo we hu a. Enye den kra. Enu ani se. Abibia mema wodi detto semina. Eni nsio ahoho won sa ho. E bo won ho ban fri nyarwa ha. Sa James mo we deba. Enti en fa ho kwan an kwade yi be faso e diagro. Me wogitie wo detto semina mu se. E pe po me ni me busi an ho ban e fri mo mo we hu. Wash, wash, wash your hands. FDA, It's a good day to meet every challenge. It's a good day to want more out of life. It's a good day to wish for it, work for it, go get it. Familiar taste, a delicious indulgent with a flavor you just can't hide. Refreshing energy gives so much for so little. For a strong performance, you've come to the right place. Good day energy drink. Why wait a minute to enjoy a good day when every second counts? Good day energy drink keeps you going. Excessive drinking can be detrimental to your health. Not recommended for persons under 18 years, lactating mothers, pregnant women, and people sensitive to caffeine. This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the FDA. City 97.3 Accra. I can see you crying. Someone broke your heart instead of being with Alright, you're welcome back to Farm Life on City 97.3 FM. This morning we had the pleasure of Abigail sharing her story with that. She's married with um and her husband expects that she will be the glue basically to hold them together, the marriage together. Fortunately, unfortunately, he doesn't make decisions with her. He has a password on his phone. He um, calls and have conversations with women as late as 10 p.m. in her presence. She's lost the marriage. Basically, she's out of the marriage physically and emotionally and spiritually. But she's looking at the right time. I think we didn't talk about that as well. At the right time to exit this relationship. Where it is that the assets, he puts um, his parents' name on there or family name as um, witnesses. Where it is it's a liability, then it is she who gets to bear the brunt of that. This, of course, is just a story from her side. But we like to always provide a balance. So we've been looking at it in a balance and in trying to set the context. We looked at what could possibly be going on in this particular relationship. Of course, expectations are high, yet there is no enabling environment to support these expectations. The umbilical cord hasn't necessarily been cut for the man where his parents are concerned. So he hasn't quite left to cleave. 
and then there is no oneness project going on there so the couple doesn't have a vision to work towards or they don't have a higher it doesn't seem in this conversation we could be wrong because it's just one-sided conversation or message that we have that they don't seem to have a vision for their relationship therefore it seems to be crumbling under these circumstances and we're trying to help women men going through this process to say what do i do what's really going on how do i begin to even understand and um basically operate with knowledge and some understanding in order to get out of the situation so um it's been a lot of conversation like so much if i decide to big to to summarize we'll be here till morning so what we will do is for the woman we're going to come to the men but for the woman the summary of it is that acknowledge your current situation what have you bought into in terms of narrative begin to reframe those judgments take a decision are you going to dissolve the marriage are you going to stay in it depending on that decision the decision that you make then you move to the next which is actually solving the problem so let's assume that you want to leave or you've decided this is too much for you you want to leave then you need to begin to seek help either way you seek help especially if there are children involved because you have to deal with each other for the rest of your lives so get the necessary help if you decide to stay you still have to go do some introspection so there's an evaluation of the couple and then an introspection of yourself. Who are you? Where are you now? What do you actually want out of life? Not just in the relationship. What do you also want from the relationship? What kind of support systems are available to you to support, to draw you in? And to even draw the man in. And then how do you manage the energy transfers to or from your children? So this has been the conversation so far. Um, we also looked at the the why people put so much pressure on women and say that for it to happen, it will have to be the woman. So too many people are struggling with all these things that um, society puts, <laughs> ask them to basically carry. The burden is a bit too much sometimes. So we will read your messages now. If you haven't sent yours in, send it to 0549-986-996. 0549-986-996. So this one says, good morning to you in the studio. My name is Kezia. I experienced the same trauma the lady is going through. Eventually, I had to walk out. Tomorrow will be exactly a year I moved out. I would like to encourage her to be strong and listen to her instincts. Separation will be fine for now. Thank you. Thank you, Kezia, for sharing that. Um, hello, City. I'm Dan from Senyabreku. I'm in a relationship with a lady for some years now. Last two years, we had a baby girl. When you're sending us messages and you're in a relationship, please let us know if it's um, a marriage or you're not in a marriage. It's usually helpful when we have to respond to you. A year after, she had given birth the it's a little misunderstanding okay a year a year after the birth i'm thinking what you're saying a little misunderstanding between us because she's thinking i will not get married to her okay so you're not married now we are free planning to get married and she says she's sorry to confess that she had sex with another guy i have only the knocking what do i do so you've done only the knocking what do you do continue to be in the relationship with her or not i need your advice papa mickey i think you can answer that for him 
um, Good Morning Farm Life team, please, can Dr. Gova, most certainly we'll do that before we leave, Francis. Um, good morning. Please, can I get a recording of the full gospel program aired earlier? I am sure it's likely to be on SoundCloud. So please go and check out SoundCloud for it. So, um, Papa Miki, he says that they have been in a relationship forever. They had a child. And then um, they, because he felt she felt he wasn't going to marry her, he starts. They, there was misunderstanding, conflict, I guess. And then um, now he's going ahead with the marriage. They've done the knocking. Then there's a confession. But what I should don't know he do? There's, the, there's a connection between the sex with the other person and the baby. Because could it be that now? Entitlement or ownership of the baby is being called into question. Yeah, is it a factor? He's not, because he's not, he's not, that's also becoming yeah, it's a, common with yeah. our women folk. Yeah. He's not going on that tangent yet. Uh, and the, the key element is whether uh, whatever happened with the other gentleman. Please go ahead. Sorry. The key element is whether whatever happened to the other gentleman happened during the time they were. Uh, not understanding each other. And the next thing is that the confession that has come, is it genuine or not? People do make mistakes. And so oftentimes it's not like every mistake means that you must desert or leave. But they said that sorry is what happens after you said it. So if she's confessed, so after if she's confessed to uh, having a relationship with somebody else, then what follows would show so if he's done the knocking, he can maybe give himself a little time, observe how she behaves, uh, whether it's genuine, and, and then uh, going on finally to do the actual uh, um, traditional marriage, or customary marriage, that's what I'll say on that briefly. Okay, so um, what do you think about the, the suggestion about separation? Sometimes it becomes necessary because mm -hmm. emotional abuse can get to a point where one cannot handle it. And you see, because emotional abuse is, as it were, internal and not external, there's no evidence to show. Often physical abuse is external. So straight away, everybody can see, ah, you have a bruised eye, you have a cracked skull, you have some lacerations on your body, everybody can see. But you may be having lacerations inside, which is affecting your well-being. And nonetheless, you're also not saying that at every small opportunity, one should jump out. Mm. The next thing about the way the person is behaving is that sometimes, like we say, without blaming yourself, do the assessment. Because if he's, if it's our property and things and he's not bringing your name in, could it be? Because I, I know of cases where the women are spendrifts. I mean, they, they don't want to, they are extravagant. So sometimes, like we, we know once, there was a guy who called, he said, when he discussed disclosure, more, he said every time he discloses that he has an increase, the more money, the more the more the, 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 more the appetite, the more the hair, the, the grade of hair moves, and the and the saloon changes. So sometimes we may not realize that the action the person is taking is in response to maybe certain observations they have made. That is why when you can't, so because when you may not see it and you're not, he's not able to communicate with you. That's why we say that. Getting a third party is key because when you get him to talk, which he's not doing, or she to talk, 
then you realize that hey son i miss you i'm inside this thing so and that though the way they are handling it is not appropriate it's also based on maybe certain interpretations they have given to certain things they have seen or have seen yeah. Yeah. So he sees that no, you are the kind that if he tells you to the Lord, said buy this property. Now the next moment, everything is changed. My car for me changed. So it's a whole combination. And but the key element is that there is a need sometimes if the uh, is beyond what one can handle, and one can find a new solution to separate. Something. But for me, it sounds very exploitative. If it is that you bring liabilities to her, but assets go yeah. elsewhere, for me that's exploitative. Because reasonably, if you are bringing both liabilities and assets, then that's fine. But to the extent that she says that all you bring to her is the liabilities, but if it's an asset, you, you register it in the name of your, your relative. or your, Was it a mother or relative? Basically relative. That's, the, the that's unfair. Yeah. What do you expect her to do? Yeah. Must she also reciprocate this behavior of yours by also ensuring that if she has properties or if she acquires anything she should also hide it from you and register it in her family's name would you be pleased with that so i think that persons who are in this situation should also avoid that you don't just bring liabilities to your spouses okay. and take the assets elsewhere that i think it brings us into the conversation of what should men do how do they please, your please, men i like please, it so please, how me, do you yes. truly leave and cleave please let me add a line before we go there. Uh, the line I want to add is hmm. the critical element of the line of least resistance. Mm. What is happening generally is that a lot of people sometimes are acting, and it's, it's, it ties into what I want to talk about, are acting out of ignorance or arrogance or inconsideration or socialization, as has been said. And the sad part is that most of such people, or most of us, hardly are willing to seek knowledge or get help and we think that we know how to marry and will not read books will not attend any training even if the training is free people will not even want to take part of it and yet we expect that things will happen so i think that we need to change our posturing and for places that organize or offer premarital marriage counseling i encourage them to add the postmarital as a key element because that's really where the, the rubber has met the road. Mm. And that is where all the challenges start coming out. So there must be a, a, a mentorship system. There must be an arrangement to work with the people early to navigate the various stages. Otherwise, then, a lot of these things, people uh, live or marry or do what they think. And then the pain I mean, there's a little twist to this whole post-wedding support thing. You know, the post-wedding support, the individuals themselves must see that as an essential intervention. But you notice that some, some congregations are doing very well these days by putting together support systems. Mm -hmm. But some individuals will never, ever join simply because they feel they are adequate yes. until they hit crisis, the crisis point. And even there, they will still not admit. So we have to admonish both parties. Yes. Once the churches do it right, yes. the individuals must find the need for it. Just as you go for refresher courses in your offices and upgrade your skills and whatever, you must understand that when you come together with others, we learn from each other and we grow together and we are better off. Excellent. My yes. son made a statement yesterday yes. during devotion. He said, arrogance will keep you something. Arrogance will keep you away from your possessions. Mm. Mm. And what you just said, mm. like it just fit in perfectly. 
You know, the posture of learning yeah. from others for me it's yeah. a huge it's a huge asset it's, and you never know that sometimes you learn from the most disregarded uh, places and the, the most unexpected unexpected yes. you forces. see the, the, the key element is it's all part of that socializing how we are socializing people because you see the focus okay, i have to stop you people okay, so we do this men no 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 what we are no what we are saying is important because it's, 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 i'm not no, saying it's not no, important. no it's no it's tying to how the men should reflect because a man oftentimes the men are the called the guilty ones they most not all but if you take the proportions from what where we sit and stand the interaction we have what we are saying men must change their posture they need to learn. So that's number and to know. one. Yes, men so I'm must. I'm taking change. it as number one. Yes, we've moved into one. this conversation, <laughs> but we one. have to move into no, this conversation. No, it is number one because you see, okay. largely, then based on how they reflect and their their personality types, they will say, "I don't want to. I don't need help. We are okay." If you tell anybody, I'm out. You get me? So mm -hmm. that's also another controlling thing. So the first thing that men must realize that look. We are all work in progress. Every one of us. Exactly. Every marriage is work in progress. No, they say a marriage may be made in heaven, but that's a maintain on earth. And the maintenance comes at a high cost. So you need to learn. You need to be willing to submit yourself, to learn in various forms and various ways. Secondly, you should have the posture of adaptability. It's not everything that may be sinful or wrong, but once it's the two of you, you realize that you cannot make progress if it's only about you. Mm -hmm. You cannot be married and yet single. Mm -hmm. You cannot be married and yet want to have your things your way. If you think that you want to have things your way, I often tell people that, if you think that you want to do things your way, allow me to borrow the biblical cliche, then be a Paul. But if you choose to get married, then be a Peter. <laughs> because you cannot be married and be a Paul. You understand me? Because a poor can choose to go and live somewhere for two years, three years, and, and, and rent a house. He's free. Yes, he has nothing to do with anybody. So the key element is that men must be willing to learn. Men must be willing to adapt. Because no matter where you are coming, the learning is key. Because the socialization, the man is in charge, the patriarchal system, all of them get into the process. Then the next thing is you must be willing to adapt. Adapt because there are things you must change to have a meaningful and successful marriage. The third thing is that you must not be selfish. Every man who wants to have a meaningful relationship must not be selfish. The fourth thing is that every man must be sensitive. You are married to her, not to another. So you cannot treat your wife like another woman. Maybe your wife is soft-spoken. And from where you are coming from, you think that every woman should be aggressive and strong. And so you are treating her like an aggressive and strong woman. It will not work. You must know your wife's because awareness. Peter, it says you, yes. you husbands in the same way live with your wives in an understanding, understanding way. Understanding way. Yeah. Just to back so that your so point. that your so prayer that is not hindered. That's why it's a very serious one. Your prayer is not hindered. <laughs> how many men's no, no, prayers have been hindered? No, no, no. It's a good point. I'm just saying. How that, many I'm men's prayers have been hindered? That's what I'm saying. Adding to what uh, Papa Emma is saying, from By where the you mistreatment of the met out to their wives. And you see, you can't treat your wife as a man. That's the next thing. I have to stop and allow my colleagues also. No, uh, to, no, we have to explain that. You can't treat your wife as a man. Today's that's a, a deep statement. Head. Because <laughs> men reflect differently. And men respond differently, that's largely, true. in the we, general We context. get your point now. And so, if you are treating your... Because women largely... See the way Doc are, is looking at you. Women largely <laughs> are emotional. Women largely are largely are relational. I'm missing the word in the broad strokes. So if a man treats his wife like himself, 
The tendency is that, in the general sense, he is likely to treat her unfairly and without due uh, consideration because he expects her to reason like him logically, to, to, to respond to him uh, physically like he would. And so when a man treats his wife like who she is and not like another woman, it changes the angle. Then the, the other one is sacrifice. I've said two more than I was talking. You said you were finished, though. I thought you said you had finished, and then he brought <laughs> no. this. Don't treat I mean, her I'm, like I'm, a man I'm thing. Plenty, but yeah. I don't want to be the only one talking that time. Uh, so she talk and then come back. Let me just you. do the two ah, quick, yeah. and then he has to be, uh, <laughs> be willing to sacrifice. You know, sacrifice, okay. marriage entails sacrifice. Mm. And without that, you can never succeed. The fact that you are bringing the bigger paycheck and mm. all the money does not mean that you cannot save your wife. I mean, you see, I've moved from sacrifice, I'm coming to service. I said, please, let me pause. You let them no, come. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. You because finish. if you don't... Serve with your last one. one. You mentioned you the last one. <laughs> if you don't sacrifice well for the woman and serve her, it won't work. The final one I'll say for now uh -huh. is sobriety. Uh -huh. And another final. Oh, there are some more. <laughs> <laughs> let me pause. Sobri I can see he's doing a lot of S's. Yeah. So you can, no. you can imagine the number of S's left. So sobriety, you know. Being measured a few days ago, something happened, and then I went to the room and I was like, I told her, ah, But you should not have done this like that. And then Yufi uh, was there, and she just kept quiet. It told me, I'm a coach, Mr. Charlie. You went overboard. I've been silly. So I've done Calibos. I've been silly, Charlie. If I had the exact word, Calibos. If I had been more sober, if I had been more sober, I'd have gone about it better. So, two things I did. I first apologized to her and I apologized to Yofi. Mm -hmm. Why? Because you are covered. I have made a mistake. Yeah. And so men must Dale, be sober. Today sobriety we have to give you papa here as you go home. <laughs> <laughs> men must be sober <laughs> so that it will inform the way even yeah, their spouses. It's very meet. important. If there's time then I'll come back to the hotel over to you. Yeah. <laughs> so I am I'm looking I'm looking at it. I mean recently the window is just looking at <laughs> oh he has a, some arrowhead points there i've seen <laughs> ballistic missiles <laughs> now for for me i'm looking at i'm looking at the word spouse okay and as an acronym in the negative sense spouse s-p-o-u-s-e stranger to the union problem for you Opportunist in your life, undeserving of you, a stopcock to your progress, and an enemy courting your displeasure. Now, this is the negative side if you're treating your spouse as a spouse, but in the negative sense. Now, in the positive sense, the spiritual blessing, you personalize your time and make them a priority. You see them as one flesh covenant keeper. You have a relationship that endures through the storm and enjoys in the tranquility. A unique gift of goodness. See, if you have a spouse and you don't see them as a bundle of goodness in your life, you'll be frustrated by their presence. And you always want to either outwit them or offload them so you have an easy walk. The S, this time, is a sex-satisfying system or fountain. Doc spoke about the issue of sex. It cannot be 
overrated, it can also not be underrated. And finally, an exceptional or exclusive companion. Mike just mentioned that they are incomparable with anybody except yourself. You can only compare them to you because you are one flesh with them. So I want to plead with the men out there. Don't see your wife as a stranger to the union. She's not an outsider. Don't consider them as a problem for you to solve. Don't see them as an opportunist in your life. They're just milking you. Don't treat them as undeserving of you or your courtesies or your love or affection or warmth. No. Don't consider them as a stopcock to your progress. I've heard severally said on radio and TV, persons who say, this fellow came into my life and since then, my progress had been thwarted. Mm -hmm. How can you see your spouse in that light? And they are not an enemy which is courting your displeasure. You're waiting for them to step on your toes so you can slap them, so you can kick them, so you can hurt them. That retributive posture, retaliation, is not necessarily going to make you grow as a couple together. Because if you do these things to a person, they can warm themselves into your space. And that's why I propose the converse. See them as a spiritual blessing. Personalize your time and make them a priority. Perceive them as a one flesh covenant keeper. Both of you have a responsibility to keep growing together. See them as unique gift of goodness. And let them also satisfy you. You satisfy them. The joy of the woman must be the joy of the man. And the joy of the man must be that of the woman. It's important that we enjoy together. And finally, an exclusive or exceptional companion. They have no classmate on this earth except you. Dakota, you've been smiling and nice. I've been wondering <laughs> yeah, what's I going on in I'm your just, head. I'm just seeing the, reason, the reasoning in their contribution which is just doing justice to the question. So that was what I'm very much appreciative of. So the most important thing uh, is... The way your mood changed, I thought you had received a uh, message from Mama Diana. I am not a suspect, Kaka. Me suspecting, nobody suspects. So the only thing is inclusiveness, like Amos have concluded with, inclusiveness is the most important thing. And if the inclusiveness can be of importance, any other thing can work out. Because you are seeing yourself as together, and for that matter, committing to making things work, able to tolerate each other which also must come with forgiveness and dealing with your disappointments, trying to make each other become a better person. You should be able to sit after five, ten years to ask yourself, how have I made my wife a better person? And the wife asking herself, how have I made my husband a better person? But if you can look at five years, ten years to come, and the only thing you can just tell yourself sincerely is, this woman was better when before she came to me and this man was better before she came we got together in fact it is a sincere assessment you must make about yourself which will determine how the next 10 years is going to be like so you don't have to speculate so i think 
Michael and Amos have already done justice. A few people wanted you to go over their assessment, yeah, the so if you could yeah, kindly just briefly when Doc is done, then I'll come with so it. So that yeah. we can pick some calls as well. The so when Doc is done with, with that, we'll pick up your oh, calls okay, okay, okay. on zero three zero two two three zero zero seven five zero three zero two 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 six zero one three zero three zero two 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 four nine five nine zero three zero two 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 six one seven one you can still send messages to zero five four nine nine eight six nine nine six doc okay the first thing to look at if you want to evaluate where you are in your relationship is number one to think about your affection the level at which you are in your affection your sexual fulfillment your intimate conversation your recreational companionship your level of honesty and openness, your physical attractiveness, financial support, social and domestic support, your cultural sentiment, your family commitment, your admiration of each other, selfish demands, how is it? Disrespectful judgments, angry outbursts, dishonesty, annoying habits, independent behaviors, faith and religious commitment. Wonderful. Awesome. Right. Thank you very much. Let's read some messages because we still have a few in tea. You will find a place for your no stuff, Mary. No, no fears Mereba. at all. Mereba, no fears. Main street. No fears at and all. And this one says, good morning, please. In a relationship, and we plan to marry, but I'm at a point where my job is not stable and told her we should use the money for business. Actually, we don't have any source of income, but she's insisting we should use the money for our wedding. Please, I need your advice. Oh, this... Okay. Sick, sick. Well, good morning great people if indeed marriage is a whole institution on its own then teachers and students who matter in it have to learn well couldn't agree more from mr Fee. good morning happy weekend thanks for what you're doing keep helping us out my contribution is that we should be less selfish and be considerate of each other we should respect and love each other. Unity between spouses is key. Thank you, Joyce. Yeah, Thank Joyce. you very much for joining us. You may give us a call on 0302-2300-0709-0302-226-013-0302-224-959-0302-226-171. Papa Miki. See? Yes. Right. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So in helping the man be a better man and a better husband. I'm talking about the sacrifice, talking about sobriety. The another thing is sensitivity. You must be sensitive to your spouse, to your wife, her needs, her emotions, her desires, her dreams, her aspirations. When you're sensitive to that, it makes you treat her much better. And the sensitivity influences the level and the way you would respect her and treat her. The next thing is sweetness. Be sweet to your mm. wife. Mm. Sweetness means that you go out of your way to do nice little things. Say the word again. Sweetness. Okay. Right. Be sweet.
to your wife. Treat her with sweetness. And sweetness brings refreshing. She's upset about something. She's tired from a hard day. Uh, you can do something. You can yes. have sweetness. Yes, yes you, you did. did. So. Does it include honey? <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, you come and she's tired, and maybe you're just a couple, and you can do the dishes. You can say, honey, relax, I'll do the dishes. You can prepare breakfast for her. You can bring her breakfast in bed. You can iron her clothes if there's nobody to do so. I mean, little things well, that, okay. that go so, out of the way. Yes. So, there is that you can do it. You can even do it if there's somebody to do it, just to express your love. Yes. If it's yes. a language that the person appreciates. That, that, that is fine. Yes. It's just what I'm saying, if there's nobody to do it, that there are times that maybe the shadow does not allow. So, I'm just giving examples. And it doesn't mean that you must do that particular thing. But it's when you want to show your wife sweetness. Why do we say we love each other, cry and refuse to dote on each other? No, what happens is that the love flies out when the reality sinks in. That's the it's, sad and reality. And we don't understand love to begin with. It's because most of the love we, uh, we offer is more from the sentimental perspective than the commitment perspective. When love is just emotion and not based on action, then some things will change. But when love is based on the commitment more than just the emotion, then you always are finding new ways. And then in another element of sweetness, ask your wife, which, how do you want me to love you differently this month? Maybe she'll say, I want you to just clip my toenails. Just do it. <laughs> or just sweet talk me. Or can, we go, or can we go for a stroll twice this month? Just that sweetness, just show it. And the next one is sustainability. I, I like your examples because somebody will say that um, we don't have money. Yeah. But it doesn't require money. No, it doesn't require yeah, money. Speaking of which, so let's tie that into the man who says his they have they, they don't have a source of income. Mm. Money little money penny. that they have, <laughs> mm -hmm. they want to use it. The wife wants to use it for a wedding. Yes. He thinks they should use it for business. Mm. Yes. I like that mm. very yes. much. So if we can tie that in and yes. say that look you can still get married yes. without spending all that money excellent but you're answering your answer that's no no you answered it no 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 that's just the same thing i wrote that convergence is key we want to get married we want to run a business to get money why don't we cut our wedding expenses so that we can we rechannel the money so we can be married and yet we can have money also for business you get me so it's all about the engagement then there's Suitability. Mm. Treat your wife suitably. You know, like we said. Sugarly. Good morning. <laughs> Hello, good morning. Morning. Please yeah, go ahead. Um, Tell us your name and go ahead, please. Okay, my name is Eric. Eric. So, I believe uh, God is love. So, if you're able to increase the love we have for each other, we should go to God uh, by virtue of um, studying the scriptures. I believe that the more we get the more uh, love of God, we can actually show the same love to our spouses. And I believe that we can always keep on like charging ourselves with love. Sometimes we feel like we can just love someone without any form of, uh, what do we call it, like that source of love in our lives. You know, I believe that the more we go, we stick closer to God, we know how much to love someone, just as God loved us. So I believe if we can go into the scriptures, we know exactly what to do to please our spouse. Thank you. Wonderful, thank you, wonderful. I like that. Letting our love be rooted in God. My difficulty is that there are so many people who know the scriptures and still not yet. It, yes. <laughs> their love is so, so low. So, so which, one is, which one is the problem? Is it the, the lack of the knowledge of the scripture? 
or the willingness to submit to the scripture injunctions. I think that is it. The willingness. The, head, the willingness. The head, the heart, right. and the hands. The head is knowing it. The heart is internalizing it, and then the hands is doing it. The so, willingness. So the reading of the scripture Look, is not you enough. Whisper, you shouldn't whisper. Should just share what you <laughs> <laughs> Knowing is not enough. Doing is okay. Thanks. Good morning. Hello. Well, good morning. Good morning. Please go ahead. Uh, What's your name, Nana. please? Nana. Nana. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what I would like to say, is, um, mm. the little things might be basic, but very, very fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Fulfilling. See, something that we lose sight of, and we think that doing the big, big ones is what's going to mean something. But really, if you look at it in a larger extent you realize that there's much more things. Maybe you might not be showing you or she might not be showing it if you are exhibiting these gestures. Mm-hmm. But it's very, very fulfilling. Yeah. So I think we should look at that side too. Mm. Yeah. Thank, you. Thank you. So paying attention to the little things. Thank you for... Then the element of selflessness. Selflessness, you cannot do without it. Mm. So a good spouse doesn't happen. A good spouse is mm. made to happen. So if you want to be a good spouse, you must work to become a good spouse. It's not automatic. Secondly, being together for a long time does not create uh, bonding, cohesiveness, or companionship. You must work at it. That's why now you realize that the emptiness syndrome is facing a lot of people. I remember once Professor Dai shared with us at a couple's fellowship that a couple had been married for 50 years. And the wife finally told her, she got her children to buy her a house. And they were wondering, why does mommy want a house? They said, okay, my mommy just wants a house for some reason. The when the children bought her the house, and she said, I want down under your roof. I've, 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 I've endured your, your nonsense. This is me to use the word for 50 years. You get me? The emptiness syndrome is that if you don't work on your marriage now, the children will leave one day. Now you're focusing all the focus on the children, whether you're a man or wife. There will come a time when the children will leave. And what happens to you? So there are some of the things that the men must also avoid. So I'm talking about the things they must do, some of the things that they must avoid that they must avoid control. That is, you decide, you check, you make choices for us, the couple without her involvement. Two, you must avoid yelling, where the disagreements usually turn into and escalate into shouting. Three, you must avoid contempt, where you make your partner feel that what they are saying or what they are doing, you don't respect it, you don't appreciate it, you don't show value for it, and you don't show empathy. The fourth thing is that you must avoid being excessively defen- defensive. So you put a password on your phone, you're making calls at 10 p.m. and saying, who are you talking to? You say, why must you ask me? Every small thing, any conversation, any communication becomes confrontational. You are defending every little thing. Oh, really? oh sweetheart, why are you coming home late? Why? Don't I work? You are being defensive. Every little thing you are defending, that is an ex- excessive defensiveness, which is not helpful. Finally, you must avoid threats, making your, your spouse feel that she, 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 what you say and how you say it, making them feel that you can harm them. If something's not right and they want to seek help, you say, if you do, I'll leave you, I'll hurt you, or something you know about them that's not good, you say, I'll tell somebody, blackmailing them. So don't threaten your wife. Six, don't stonewall. Don't fence yourself and communicate badly, refusing to engage. So there's an issue she wants to discuss with you, and she say, no, not now. Or you put up a fight quickly so that the conversation will end. Or you start accusing her when she has an issue. If somebody has an issue, she may have been doing 100 things wrong. If at that moment she's come up with one thing you are doing wrong, don't equalize. Listen to her and solve that one. Don't say, by you two, you do A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L. 
just hear her and resolve that one. At that point, she's on the floor. At that point, she's on the floor, not you. So listen to her. We are talking to the men now, but it goes, it cuts both ways. And reflect and don't bring in what else she does. Oh, see that you don't turn the lights off when you finish or you leave your clothes on the floor every time. Don't say by you too, your kitchen is in a mess. No, at that point, you're talking about you and the things you don't do right. Don't equalize. So don't stonewall. Then the other things blame. That's a very good point. Yeah, don't blame your wife. Don't make her feel that she's responsible for the things that are going wrong. You know, some people do that. Like she's saying that it might your work and it's a woman's responsibility. That's blame. You're trying to shift the issues. So if a man goes and he's, he guns and he has extramarital relationship, he say you you are the cause. You're not treating me well. You're not giving me sex what I want. And sometimes you must even differentiate between what is fair, what is appropriate, and what is extreme. Instead of now people are bringing all kinds of fantasies that some wives cannot cope with. So don't pass the blame. Take your part and work on it together. It's don't gaslight. We discuss gaslighting into more details where you manipulate the person to the point that they lose their identity and then they feel that they, they are not worth anything. Don't do that. Nine, don't isolate your spouse. Where you are interacting with others on social media, you go out, you go to work, you do everything, but then your wife is not in your close or inner circle. Don't isolate. And then finally, don't violate your wife. Don't beat her. Don't abuse her verbally or physically. Don't insult her. Don't threaten her. Don't make her life miserable. No matter what happens or what she does, hold your own as a man. We were talking about the, the marks of chivalry before. Be a different kind of man. And my final point is on... Let me see if I find that. Today they've been looking for final points. So while you're looking for that, I think tomorrow the whole team will be with um, Amos as he is preparing to celebrate his birthday um, tomorrow at Harvest Chapel. Yeah, Harvest Chapel, so, yes. Um, which is Michael's church. So yeah. tomorrow, yeah. <laughs> which is where Michael fellowships. So yeah. tomorrow we will be with Michael in his church, the Healer celebrating temple. Amos the Healer and temple. supporting the Healer Temple. The Healer Temple. The Healer Temple. At Tessano, South Tessano. Yes. Yeah, South Tessano. I mean, if you're from the PCFM traffic lights, just drive straight to the total and then take the left hand. Um, yes, right. And then first right. No, so wait, PCFM will be on your right or left? Depending PCFM. on where you're coming from. If you're coming from the Chimata side, PCFM will be on your left. So you take yeah. the right and it's called Abeka Junction. Ah, and just okay. drive straight up. If you're coming by public transport. Of the church. Yeah. After you have taken that break. Just, just it, it, put in Harvest Chapel, yeah. headquarters. It will bring you there. If you're coming by public transport, you can get to Abeka Junction, pick one that is going to La Paz, and then get down at. You can get down at Free Pipe Junction or Adam Junction. Yeah, that and you just come down straight. Yeah, well, I mean, God willing, tomorrow at 5.30 in the evening, we would be seated and um, we are going to discuss Hail the 360 Degrees Help Meet. We are looking at how to support one another. And this meeting is open to both the married and those prospecting to marry. We want it to be a preventative intervention as well as a curative conversation. So for those who are married, some new things will come up. And for those who are yet to be married, some lessons for the future will be available. And um, Harvest Chapel Couples Fellowship have graciously received us favorably. And we want to thank the general overseer and the leadership.
or this gesture of making available their ultra modding facility. Mm. Mercy. Yeah. <laughs> so we want to thank them most sincerely. And for you, my dear friends here, I want to thank you for being the cap on the seal of the three-leg conversations that we have had so far. First for men, second for women, and now for prospective spouses and spouses. You are invited to come as a free event. Just be sure that you are there by 5 p.m., so that we'll be seated and exactly 5.30 we kick start and there will be open conversations. If you have questions, you can send it to Leticia um, because she's going to anchor the program on her Twitter page. You could equally do it to me as well. If you have any questions and want some clarifications on anything or you have questions that you want us to address as well, you can send via WhatsApp to this line, 0266-803285. Whilst I'm at it, I want to thank the action women of Tema Committee 9. Uh, they are fans of farm life. Okay. And especially Grandma Mary. <laughs> wow. And there is Gifty, there is Rosalind, there is Harriet and Regina. I mean, the past two weeks has been awesome. Mm. I'm celebrating Esther and Bernard Brown for their first anniversary today. And then also Kwame and Gertrude Afreni for their 11th wedding anniversary. Awesome. So and all those creative couples who celebrated their anniversaries and birthdays this month, we do off our heart to all of you. God bless and we love you. The, the line I would add is that, you know, it said the biggest room in the world is the room for improvement. That's right. And for marriage, we don't know enough including all of us even here. I've done 23. Absolutely. I've done 23, but there's still a lot more to go. And so come in, make some time in coming. It will be a relaxed atmosphere. You can ask your questions after. There can be one-on-one -on -one sessions. Come in, even if you are not talking. If your spouse won't come, you come and learn something. If you can encourage your spouse to come, come with them, which is better because both of you will learn. And encourage your friends. There's enough space to carry us with all the social protocols what do they yeah they, they, i mean the COVID protocols are going to be yes, strictly yes, enforced so please come and and if you are courting come because like we are saying sometimes it's better to hear these things now to prevent it from happening and and let's all and those are broad we'll be sharing a link yeah. mm -hmm. um for you to follow us on facebook in particular you have to speak. And that is going to be a wonderful um, experience that you're going to be having to spice up your relationship and to make it work better. We really appreciate this wonderful opportunity to interact with you. So we wish you the best as we see you tomorrow. I want to use this opportunity to wish a happy belated birthday to my friend, Dr. Julius Ekins. Hoxson of Gimpa. You are such a wonderful man and a God-fearing one, of course. God bless you and have a wonderful um, years to come with hope, assurance, knowing very well that God is always in control. Wonderful, wonderful. On that note, we're going to say goodbye. Before I leave, I'd like to share Laurie um, Deshen. I hope I pronounced it well. But her thing that says, 
practice the pause. I think for most couples, we need to learn to delay our responses and reactions. And if we can learn to do that a lot more, a lot of the things that we do, we realize that is not necessary. So pause before you judge, pause before assuming, pause before accusing, pause whenever you're about to react harshly and you'll avoid doing and saying things you will later regret. Yes. Papa Mickey, go ahead. One minute. So for the guys and the ladies out there who are married, I want to share these seven things with you. One, marriage is more about surrender than satisfaction. Marriage is more about sacrifice than self-gratification. Marriage is more about service than superiority. Marriage is more about submission than suppression. Marriage is more about selflessness than selfishness. Marriage is more about sensitivity than senselessness. And marriage, finally, is more about support than sabotage. We'll do some investigation so we'll on you after one, the program. We have to add another one. Okay. We'll have to look for another <laughs> word and then say it's not about sensationalism. <laughs> it's about all right, on that note, we have to go. I shared the studio with Mr. Michael Mensah, a flourishing families facilitator and convergence connectedness campaigner. Mr. Amos Kevinanan, a healthy homes advocate, convener of Creative Couples Conclave, Singles in 3D and Mobilizing Men. Dr. Emmanuel Hobson, a counseling psychologist and alternative dispute resolution expert, also the founder and CEO of Center for Peace and Reconciliation, an ADR lecturer at the University of Ghana Law School. And of course, you and you and you who listened, who sent in your messages, who gave us calls, we are very grateful to you. Um, stay well, stay safe, stay prosperous. We received technical assistance from Okladan So um, and been produced by Philip Nilate and Nashika Caesar. We're making way for the big issue with Godfred Akutubwafo and his team. Keep listening, keep watching, keep patronizing everything city and make a date with that same time next week have a great weekend my name is Letitia Ohiniefa and I am the co-founder of Leader Freak International and the co-creator of myleadershipfarm.com we'll see you next week For you, just remember, remember.